are listening to the Wool Academy podcast. This is episode 111. Hi, Wool Academy podcast listeners. Thanks for tuning in once again. This is episode 111. And this is also yet another episode uh, of Flock Wool, where I talk to the CEO of Flock Wool, Evan Thompson. And in this episode, we are talking about the lean methodologies and how we applied them to our little startup in Albania. And in specifically, we talk about how we applied the minimum viable product. And I hope you enjoy this episode because I learned personally a lot of applying this to our business. And I think it's very useful for everyone who has a business and is thinking about creating new products or applying a new service. Um, so enjoy and I talk to you at the end. Well, Evan, once again, it's lovely to have you here on the Wool Academy podcast where we talk about our journey at Flock Wool. Welcome. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Happy to be back. Yeah, thanks for all your time. And you and I actually um, realized that we have, we have more than one thing in common, but we have one thing in common, and that is that we like to actually talk about business and marketing concepts. Mm -hmm. And even though we've never met before, and we met for the first time in person in January when mm -hmm. I came to visit you and Tiana and in Albania, you picked me up at the Tirana airport and then mm. we had like a, was it a three hour or four hour car yeah, ride? Yeah, it, it was a four hour drive, yeah. Four hour, hour drive through, through in the, the dark. <laughs> yeah, we couldn't see anything, no sheep, nothing. Mm -hmm. But the time flew by so quickly because we actually started talking about a lot of business related stuff and mm. we, uh, that was really interesting and and inspiring to be talking to you. So that's why we also said on this podcast, we would be also talking about different business concepts that we then applied at Flockwool. Mm -hmm. And today we said we're gonna um, talk about how we applied the concept of a minimum viable product. Mm -hmm. And the episode is called One Container. So we'll dive into mm -hmm. that further along. But maybe to get us started, can you remind us like what is a minimum viable product and from where does it originate? So a minimum viable product um, comes from what has quickly become a dominant way of thinking that a decade ago was a, you know, heretical way of thinking. Um, but uh, it comes from a book called The Lean Startup by Eric Ries. And um, and effectively, the you know, if you attach the word lean to anything, you know, it's probably good at this point. Is 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 the is the school of thinking. But the lean startup methodology is an approach to uh, developing a business or developing a product or a new business idea um, in a state of uncertainty. Um, and and that would be a state of uncertainty being uh, you don't have a you know, a, uh, a defined market that's clear and obvious where you can project forward with any re reasonable confidence. You, you know, you know, you can't really forecast um, confidently um, when you don't have that type of a history. So as this applies to Flock Wool, right? So we're looking at Flock. Well, there's not a wool industry running and going. There's not people who, there's not a defined demand for Albanian wool, as an example. So we can't actually forecast forward. We, we, we want to, you know, we want to say like, ah, it's going to be great. Everything's going to work out perfectly. 
but that's not rigorous, that's not serious, um, it's not responsible um, from an entrepreneurial perspective. Um, so you apply a management concept to the process of entrepreneurialism, and that's lean methodology. Um, the lean startup concept comes from the actual lean manufacturing process, which was taken from kind of the Toyota production system, which kind of has its roots back in the 1930s as in, you know, but anyway, that, that's, you know, some deep history. Maybe we can get into that, but, um, but the core, one of the core parts of the, um, of the process of the lean startup and lean methodology, um, when you're, especially when you're developing a new business unit under the conditions of uncertainty, is you create a minimum viable product. A minimum viable product is to say, how can we put a product out into the market that's good enough to at least start getting information? So the old way of thinking, or maybe um, not just the old way, maybe a better way to say it would be um, the conventional wisdom about how to start a company was you create a perfect business plan and then you never touch it and you create a perfect product and make it work and you put forward a bunch of energy and grit and determination and uh, you know smart people that have great ideas or something like that you know you put all of this work and you create in your mind what is the perfect product and then you invest hundred thousand dollars in marketing and I hope it sells. Well, obviously that sometimes works, but most of the time that doesn't work. You know, so you end up putting all this heart and soul and passion into something that you love and you put all this money into something that you believe will work because you have a business plan and because you forecasted forward and because the target market is, is a, you know, a growing industry of, you know, $50 million per year, you know, right? You, all of this market analysis, and it's great stuff. I'm not saying it's not useful, but at the end of the day, you know, that's not what makes a business. What makes a business is, are there customers out there who are willing to give you money for the product that you have and the way that you're creating it and the value that you're defining? So we didn't know how valuable our wool is. We don't know if people want it. We don't know if it's going to be useful to our customer. So let's test it. Minimum viable product. There are many ways we could have gone about it. You know, we could have said, okay, let's create our wool into big fluffy chairs and see if people buy fluffy chairs. We could uh, create some type of, uh, you know, we could manufacture it in Albania into a rug and say, who wants these rugs, you know, and create a small batch of rugs. Um, or we could follow the method that we decided to go with, raw material. Who wants our raw material? How much money should we invest in our raw material? A bunch of containers, hundreds of thousands of dollars before we know if someone will buy it or not, or one container. So one container, the story of one container, the goal of one container is that is the minimum viable product. So if you want to export a product, you need to have a container. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's the minimum we could. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah. That, that's what we put it as. And, you know, it's, um, and it's been good, you know, it's been, um, uh, we it's been effective insofar as we have followed that strategy and the stage we are at right now with respect to that strategy is where we wanted to be so um yeah and and then i mean then there's I mean, a bunch of other things we can talk about with respect to you know lean methodology that's you know that's critical both in both with respect to the manufacturing um, and operations process, which is what we do. That's what our company is, right? We, we deal in manufacturing and in operations and, and all of that stuff. Um, but also with respect to just the way to think about um, the process. And, 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 that's, and that's why um, I'm a, you know, a big 
advocate of lean methodology and lean thinking is that it's not so much of a process as, a, as it is a culture. You know, it's, it's, it's a company culture. It's not like, okay, here are the rules. You follow one, two, three, four specifically. It's like, well, this isn't a specific statement, right? Because again, like I said, what constitutes minimum viable product? Well, there are a bunch of possible things that constitute a minimum viable product. But the, the theory or the culture of it is to say, you know, create the minimum thing that could be considered a product. A product is the thing that you believe is valuable. Communicate only about the value and then create a bunch of tests where you're interfacing with your customer and then just get the information from your customer. Does your customer want it? Do they not want it? How much do they want it for? You know, and, and then you just run that test and you're actually getting a, a, a positive or at least informationally positive feedback loop between the value, which is all that a company should be talking about. You know, companies often talk about, here's what we do, here's what we're good at, here's what our team can do. Okay, well, what value do you provide? Value is in the eyes of the customer only the customer, not the company. So what value do we have? We have wool. How valuable is it? We'll let our customer tell us. Is it valuable enough to validate increased investment in the business or not? I don't know. We're not making claims. We're not predicting because we can't forecast forward. <laughs> you know, it, it's irresponsible to say, you know, it's going to do well or it's not going to do well. Um, there's positive indicators here, negative indicators there. Let's see what the customer has to say about it. Let's sort out the problem that way. So, yeah. Yeah, and I, I have to say, even though I also read uh, the book Lean Management or Lean Startup, yeah, some years ago, um, yeah, I didn't have it on the top of my mind when we started with Flockpool, and you were really the advocate that kind of you know kept saying and repeating this and trying mm -hmm. to get us all on track. Maybe go a little bit into the challenges that you faced, even like with us, like getting our minds yeah. onto this, because I think we all, like yeah. the rest of the team, we kept having an idea how a wool business like Flockwool should mm -hmm. be and what we yeah. should be doing. And, and also myself, I have always too many ideas. And mm -hmm. so tell us a little bit, maybe how you experienced uh, the team and getting us all focused on this one concept. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's, well, I mean, again, that's why you, you have different people with different attributes and different skills within a company. If it's, if it's all just a bunch of people that understand the same thing, then well, congratulations, you can all agree with each other and then miss 90% of the problem. Right. Um, but yeah, I come from it from, you know, I'm not an Albanian business expert and I'm, I'm not a wool person, you know, um, I'm a business person, you know, I think like a business person. And so um, I brought together a team of people that know about wool, that know about Albania, that know about sheep, that, you know, know about Albanian sheep. Um, and, you know, and then of course found a partner. Oh, again, we are hypothesizing following the lean methodology that our customer is the carpet industry. So that's why we found a partner in the U.S., in Dalton, Georgia, the carpet capital of the world, who is in the carpet industry, you know, so that's um, okay. You know, so that's the team that we put together. Um, but yeah, the, the, the wrangling of people with preconceived notions about how a business should be run. Yeah. So that's, uh, <laughs> I, I do that a lot. I would say that that's kind of been my profession for a while now. Um, and, uh, and again, like just, you know, just literally taking lines out of the book from the lean startup, uh, the idea it's like, Ooh, there's the entrepreneur and then there's management. And these are two different words fundamentally opposed to one another. Uh, the entrepreneur has the bold vision. They have it all perfectly outlined in their head. They're creative. They're maybe even chaotic, you know, like um, uh, that, 
you know, part of that creative spark and chaos are kind of related and, and they do all of those things. And it's like, yeah, well, no, it's, it's, man, it's a, it's a, it's a detailed management process, which, which isn't to say I have a perfect plan and here's all the rules, but it's to institute a, you know, managerial type of a mindset towards a business development process and a rigorous, a process of rigor and testing and, and uh, data gathering and proper analysis, you know, within that development. So um, obviously, you know, you have worked with tons of wool companies that are successful. Well, how do you apply that knowledge to a wool company that isn't successful, which is what we are, right? We're, we're a <laughs> soon or hopefully soon to be successful wool company, but we are a, as, as of this stage, not successful wool company. So, you know, all of that information on how do successful wool companies who have cash flow communicate and market and um, hone a already quality product into a more quality product, you know, that's where a lot of your experience is in. And obviously that's really, really helpful and really important, but applying the answer to our stage of development, well, you know, maybe we have to scale that back in many ways. You know, we have to um, think maybe a little bit, a little bit differently. And then with, you know, um, with Albie and Garrity, obviously, you know, they know they've, they've been a part of businesses. They've run businesses in Albania. Um, they know how to work with the um, Albanian farmers and wool growers. They understand the business culture there, obviously much better than I do and, and we do. Um, and at the same time, you know, that they were wanting to put forward, okay, you know, here's the collection operation. Here's what we have to pay for and why. Here's where our expenses are. And I mean, really like the lean process, uh, you know, I, I want to, I want to quote this directly just to, just to be absolutely certain. Um, uh, yeah, the, uh, the value stream, right? So like the, the lean process, number one is value, you know, define value through the eyes of the customer, right? Um, number two is the value stream where you're, you're identifying the actual value creation stream that you must do. Here are the, here are the steps that we must make. Here's the costs that we must incur, um, et cetera, et cetera. And challenge every one of those steps, every one of them. Question every single step because any step that's there that isn't needed there or a step that's done in a way that is unnecessary is added cost, added complexity, unnecessary movement um, across the board. Time. You know, time, of course. Yeah. yeah. So like there were, you know, and, and typically those steps are um, people that think they know the answer. And it's not to say that they don't have expertise or knowledge. But it is to say, wait a minute, we're faced with uncertainty. We're a new business. We're, we can't look back at and point to the five Albanian wool companies that are operating right now making money and then copy it and modify it a bit. You know, we can't do that. You know, so we have to respect the uncertainty. We have to respect that we can't forecast perfectly. When you can't forecast perfectly, you should be very, very cautious and saying, okay, we're going to follow steps one, two, three, four, five, six, and then boom, we have a company, you know? So, um, so yeah. It, um, and again, like I said, it's, it's not, um, it's not a set of rules per se, right? Um, it's a, it's a cultural idea. It's a, it's a, it's a mindset. It's a way of thinking. And so that's why in a lot of our calls and a lot of our meetings over, you know, several months, I would have to continually bring up these points because, you know, again, it's not, you can't just pull the playbook out and be like, okay, well, here's, here's the rules of how to start a wool company in Albania. You know, there's no book that exists on that mm. topic. Right. Yeah. So, um, 
so yeah, it's a, it's a culture, it's a way of thinking. And, and when it comes to cultural values and philosophies and mindsets, it's about conversation and iteration and, you know, continually like instilling those values. And um, I mean, maybe hopefully I've been somewhat successful in bringing these forward, like time will tell, I suppose. But, you know, I think that's even, you know, some of the debates we've had as a company, right? You know, if we're kind of like lifting the hood on some of the internal um, arguments that have occasionally occurred, it's, you know, I've never wanted to be forceful in any of this. It's like, okay, I've, you know, we're going to take our time. I'm not, I can't expect this to just come to fruition overnight. You know, th these are a lot of things to think about. It's a different way of going, especially when um, we have the strong tendency to think, I know the answer. I have knowledge. I have experience, you know, and, and again, those things are good, but at the same time, those knowledge and experiences can sometimes be the death of us, right? We, exactly. we, we know something that just isn't so, you know, and, and, and it's hard to, sometimes it's hard to unlearn something or, or um, make secondary our knowledge to a primary cultural uh, process of, of learning in the new and uncertain environment. Yeah, and I have two examples that come to mind that we can maybe share. One that kind of I also started and brought in was that we have to actually, when we have collected the wool, we have to sort it and we have to have a detailed sorting plan and we have to, mm. you know, sort the bellies and the, the backs and everything. And because what I learned so far in the wool industry is that also that's how you add value. But mm implementing a, a good sorting plan meant that we would have to have an expert inspect the wool first mm -hmm. come up with the sorting plan then we would need to train people to actually implement the sorting plan yep. etc so it was going to cost us a lot of money cost us a lot of time and even though probably in the future that's something we probably should be doing but for a minimum viable product it wasn't necessary so that was one discussion i think that we kept coming back to and um but then decided no but it's a perfect gonna... example that's a perfect example because obviously everything you're saying is right in general you know is is a detailed sorting plan instituted by someone with expertise and then training an entire staff on that sorting plan does that add value to the product yes okay what about our product right now for our customer right now like that, do we, do we know that? Probably not. You know, we, we don't have enough information and, and, uh, and that would generally violate the minimum viable product, you know, so we're going to be selling this product. Obviously it's not going to be the most high quality wool in the world. Is it going to be wool that meets a quality standard for some purposes to generate positive cash flow? Ah, well, <laughs> we'll find out. And then our customer might come back to us and say, Hey, you know, this was good. We were able to have this use, but, if X, Y, and Z were done for us, it would add more value, it'd be better for us. You know, we'd be willing to pay more for that because it would, because it was help our manufacturing process or help us create this product at a higher quality for a better price or with less time or with less waste in the following ways, you know? And so again, we have to, it's not that, that is something that we wait for the answer from our specific set of customers and, and the knowledge that we gather in that way, rather than the general industry 
you know, and technical knowledge that we have about how, you know, this company operates in that way. Mm -hmm. There's, you know, a lot, there's a lot of players. There's a lot of uses for wool. Yeah. So. And the other example that the second example that comes to my mind is that we were discussing a lot of times about how we would be collecting the wool because mm -hmm. when we did our trip realized that some shepherds are so remote and we had like car trips where we were like going through the car and getting almost seasick so it was very very hard to get to some of these shepherds so that also kind of made us realize okay if we want to collect their wool it will be really really time consuming and difficult mm -hmm. and take a lot of fuel and time mm -hmm. etc so maybe yeah take us through that discussion that we had several times yeah that was a discussion we had several times yeah <laughs> where it was there um there was a you know a belief about how they needed to operate um and well i mean again well we're gonna talk about this in a moment but you know we've started operating in the past week and it's been going very very well um and the the way in which that op that collection operation panned out was not according to their predictions um that there was some enthusiasm about uh the the process from the growers and and they gathered together and that really did simplify but yeah before it was you know we have to go one to one to one and they're in these very um difficult to reach and time consuming and expensive to transport environments and so it was like wait a minute like it's gotta like we don't yeah okay most everyone is not going to communicate with us not going to work with us not going to meet our ideal terms our two percent of the wool growers in southern albania willing to communicate with us and meet with us on our terms that that work for our cost structure and what we're willing and able to like maintain for now like probably you know like so you know we can we can front load some a little bit of work to communicate effectively um and to say hey here's what we're doing here's how we're collecting you know you know can that be done does that work for you or not and 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 you know, try to avoid a lot of the challenges, in particular costs, but also complexities, you know, simply by, you know, trying to communicate more effectively at the beginning. And again, not specifically from the way of like, well, our other customer or partner is the wool grower, you know, so like we, we shouldn't simply assume here's how they want it to be collected for them, because that really isn't happening you know it's it's spotty there's some wool collection happening in albania but not much right so um so we don't there isn't really a norm established um and moreover you know we we can't afford to meet the uh, a company can't just say we'll do whatever you want you know <laughs> like we, we we can't just do that we can't just say like oh well whatever whatever you want you have 50 sheep and we have to travel an hour to go get that wool, fine, we'll do it. No, we can't do that. Like, you know, yeah. we have to have a criteria of like, okay, here's the here's the acceptable range by which we're willing to collect. What wool growers are are interested, able, willing, or enthusiastic about about meeting us, you know, um on those terms. And and we ended up, you know, finding that. So Yeah, and I think for me the concept really made sense that instead of going to all these different 
um, villages or you know where the shepherds were you kind of pointed out there's this one big road that goes yeah. from one city to the other mm. and we did see shepherds grazing mm. there so mm. that should be a minimum viable mm. <laughs> you know where we collect I, I mean we don't know exactly in the end if it was exactly that one road but um, that's yeah. kind of what we were aiming for well, and then, but again, what ended up happening, like, you know, okay, what did the shepherds do? Oh, the shepherds end up like gathering together in a small little band and, 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 and having a big group shear. And it's like, that's exactly what we wanted. That's the ideal thing. You know, do all shepherds do that? No. Do some do it? Yes. Who should we collect from? The some that do. How do we find them? Communicate, you know, and that's exactly what happened, you know, so it wasn't a plan. It was a modular, mobile, flexible structure. Um, that had criteria and conditions and considerations and mm. um and even so the thing that i'm most excited about the, the that albie said in the call was the thing that i kind of have projected would be the future of this um i think i think it was when you were um in albania actually where i said i think the 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 vision is to create a community around this wool event you know because we we want to establish this as a, a, a more of a cultural thing within Albania because it can be such an important point. Um, and, and that's where we'll probably be heading next year with a bigger collection operation, again, assuming everything keeps going as it has been so far, but with a larger collection operation, it'll be like, hey, we're gonna have an event in this town that's all about shearing and wool collection. And you know, it's kind of a party, it's kind of a celebration, right? And, and that it looks like that's kind of already the light culture that's happening. And so we can simply just insert our operation into that, improve upon it, make it a little bit bigger. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and at the same time, hey, now everybody's getting this reward that, that most, most weren't expecting. So. Yeah, that actually already kind of uh, dived into my, one of my last questions about this mm -hmm. topic. So let's assume we're like a few months further down, we got our one container to where we wanted to go. How will we then start to evaluate and how, what will be the next minimum viable product? How will we do the analysis? How will that process go? Can you kind of- Finances. Finances. Pure, okay. pure finance. Yeah, it's, I mean, 99% finance. So it's, okay, now, all right, we've been spending money. How much did we spend? Um, how much did our, how much did the um, processing cost? Um, how can we define those costs? Like not just understand what the values were, but what were the contributing factors to those costs, which is to say like, okay, if we were, um, now that we're wiser and smarter, because we've done this once, you know, what would we do differently cost structure wise? What could we obviously improve? Um, and then what did we sell it for? And it's like, if, if that's something that generate, that, that looks positive and, and people are happy with, um, then, then we start talking about, okay, you know, what, um, how, what's the what's the expansion how happy is our customer you know like i would say it would be two things yeah did we make money at, at all you know like and then okay who bought it what have they done with it are they happy with it do they want more have they talked to somebody else who also wants it you know like like so what has happened with demand generation um so yeah i mean those are those are really mm -hmm. going to be the two metrics it's uh okay. it's pretty it's pretty simple really you know yeah um, but, and actually that's also what i really liked um once we've established it was kind of like a mantra one container one container and i actually found that very very liberating because it helped so much in every little decision that we had to take mm -hmm. 
um, so whenever there was a question popping up, you know, I, I was like, no, one container. So that means yep. the answer is this and that. So mm -hmm. I found it really helpful once I was, <laughs> you know, fully on board um, because yeah, it made everything easier to decide. Yeah. Oh, and, and that's another thing too about like the lean process for, you know, in the startup environment when you have this uncertainty is that a lot of people do, and again, this is positive in most ways, but like, you know, I'm a part of a new business. It's a new thing. Like, that's really exciting. And so a lot of people put these like emotions forward and, and that does a lot of positive things, but sometimes it also means, Oh, I want to do everything. I want to, we can take on everything. We can, you know, again, like, you know, we can collect from every wool grower, no matter what, no matter where they are, no matter how long it, no matter how many bones in our back we break driving on the roads to go get it, but you know, like, so, and, and that is not an effective approach. You know, and so it's just like, okay, no, like, let's, you know, reel things in. We're just focusing on this one simple target that we know we can hit, you know. Um, and I mean, it's, it's also like a, like, this corresponds to a lot of other just basic wisdom. You know, you can't, you, before you run, you have to walk. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so like a lot of people get into the environment, they want to sprint, they want to go crazy. And it's just like, okay, you know before you have a, this amazing company that is working really well, you have like a just slightly okay company that did one thing kind of okay. You know, mm -hmm. that they, they started there, you know, that is where they start. Like, you know, before you have a thousand customers, you have one customer. Okay. How do you get that one customer? And, you know, and, and then how do you go about a process and getting that one customer that doesn't make you want to rip all your hair out? Well, I guess for me, I'd be fine, but that, that doesn't, that doesn't, stress you out and force you to invest your entire life savings into something that you don't actually know like is 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 going to work so it's like yeah, yeah. i mean i i don't have confidence in my ability to predict i have confidence in my ability to manage and think appropriately so <laughs> yeah um, yeah and yeah, we even applied it now that I think about it uh, to our social media efforts, because when we started out, we also had all these, oh, we can, you know, be active on Twitter and we can mm -hmm, mm -hmm. be active on Facebook. But right now we're mainly focusing on our Instagram account. Mm -hmm. and, and that's also like really focusing and, you know, building up some communications, but not trying to do everything and be everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's perfect. Plus this podcast. <laughs> oh yeah well but now we've added this you know what i yeah. mean it just like mm -hmm. it's you the there's I, I i think it's a myth that you can say here here's the perfect plan here you go there plan mm -hmm. um and then follow the complete marketing strategy you know full you know digital content creation with perfect production um you know a perfect supply chain five customers that just pop up boosh, there you go. Like they're now buying everything. Like, okay, that doesn't happen. So, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for, um, yeah, mm -hmm. walking through this. Um, yeah. As all of us learning and applying this concept of lean management and the minimum viable product, I thought it was really um, interesting and engaging today. And then, yeah, we already said we have more to talk about. So we'll mm -hmm. do that in the next episode and I'll see you then. See you then. Bye.
So I do hope you enjoyed our discussion about the lean methodologies and the concept of the minimum viable product. If you want to find out more, then head on over to the show notes at elizabethvandelden.com forward slash 111 or 111 or visit the Flockwool website at flockwool.com. Until the next episode, I wish you all the best. Thanks for listening and bye for now. That was fun. Okay. Yeah, no, that's why I love talking about it. <laughs> <laughs>